Hey, it's good to see you today. Hope you're here to learn something from God's Word. Did you bring your Bible? Well, if you didn't, we furnish one for you there in front of you. Take your Bible to the book of Genesis, chapter number 39, please. Genesis, chapter number 39. <clears throat> we preached a series of messages out of these verses uh, a little while back. And, uh, but uh, we have a different theme this month. Uh, stewardship that is worthy of him. And I want to help you today. I want to talk to you about stewardship. Did that surprise you? Let me help you with three myths about stewardship. Three myths. Three misassumptions. Three conclusions. Three errors concerning stewardship. Number one, the first myth, stewardship is another word for giving. Stewardship is not just giving. Stewardship is a lifestyle. You're either a good steward or you're not. Stewardship is not something you participate in between 10 o'clock and 12 Sunday morning. Stewardship is a lifestyle. It is not another way of raising money down at the Baptist church. Amen. Are we having fun yet? Another myth. Stewardship is a source of income to support the church. Preacher has to do it every January to make sure that he's got enough money to feed the kids the rest of the year. Wrong. Stewardship is a way of life. You begin it when you get up very early in the morning. And it lasts for 24 hours. Either you're a good steward. Or you might be the kind of steward the Bible describes as wasteful. Unfaithful neglectful, but it is not just about money. It encompasses money, but it encompasses your whole life. Amen? Right. You husbands who eats all the meat and makes your wife eat the veggies, that's not good stewardship. You husbands who have time for all your hobbies and not your family, that is not good stewardship. We're going to have a good time, right? The third myth about stewardship. Stewardship is an obligation. It is not about obligation, it's about obedience. You understand that? So we're going to take a look at the Bible today, and we'll talk about stewardship. How many of you folks ever seen a stewardess? That is the opposite sex of a steward. They manage someone else's goods for your good. 
They do not give that which is not theirs. If you want a drink, they go to Braniff and get a drink and bring it back and charge you twice what it was worth. A stewardess is a female steward. They manage someone else's products. Are we having fun yet? Well, I knew we'd talk about it eventually. Well, don't look so surprised then. We do not speak about stewardship at Joshua Baptist Church to raise money. We teach stewardship to raise Christians. To help our parents raise their children. To help our children to act like they appreciate their parents. So let's you and I look in the Bible now. And uh, we'll look at Genesis chapter 39. And we're going to take a look at probably one of the better stewards of all the Bible. And if you want to find out a truth, look to the Bible. Don't look to the world. They've got it all messed up. And if it's not messed up yet, it will be soon. Everything we touch usually manages to be messed up. Now, it is 1129. Is that right, Brother Sean? And Brother Sean's supposed to jerk my coattail at 12 o'clock. It won't do any good. He's just supposed to do it. Verse 1. Chapter 39 of the book of Genesis. Stewardship is management. Look in your dictionary if you have one. And it will describe and define stewardship as managing. Or house warrant. You know what a warrant is at the prison? Manager. And Joseph was brought down to Egypt, and Potiphar, an officer of Pharaoh, captain of the guard in Egypt, bought him of the hands of the Ishmaelites, which had brought him down thither. And the Lord was with Joseph, And he was a prosperous man. And he was in the house of his master, the Egyptian. And his master saw that the Lord was with him. And the Lord made all that he did to prosper in his hand. And Joseph found grace in his sight. And he served him. And he made him overseer over his house. And all that he had, he put into his hand. And it came to pass from the time that he had made him overseer of his house and over all that he had, that the Lord blessed the Egyptian's house for Joseph's sake. And the blessing of the Lord was upon all that he had in the house and in the field. And he left all that he had in Joseph's hand. He knew not aught he had, save the bread which he did eat. And Joseph was a goodly person 
and well-favored. Our Father today, please, in Jesus' name, help us to correctly, biblically, spiritually, humbly address the subject of biblical stewardship. And Lord, help us not only to glean from what you'd have us to learn, help us to implement it in our life because it would be good and prosperous for each of us as we obey God in his divine plan for each of our lives. We thank you and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. He left all in his hand. He made him overseer of all that he had. And could I please suggest to you that God has done the same thing to you and I. All of God's creation he has left for us to manage. Which of you have anything that you did not receive? How much that you're enjoying today did you bring with you to the nursery department of the hospital? Think about it just a minute. Because biblical stewardship addresses two principles. Number one, the first principle is ownership. Who owns it? Genesis 1.1 ought to settle that. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Did I read that one time years ago? Is that about right? John puts it this way. All things were, create, were made by him, and without him was not anything made. Yours, you say? You earned it, you say? And where did your health come from? And where did your talents come from? And where did the things come from? Because before him there was not anything made. The first principle you and I need to realize, and we need to teach our kids, it's not ours. It's his. I read again in the Bible, the psalmist puts it this way. The earth is the Lord's. And the fullness thereof, the world, and they that dwell therein. The first principle you and I need to address today is not whether we're going to give any of our money. The first thing we ought to address is whose money is it? Where did it come from? And for what reason do we have it? I thought everything was created by him and, do you remember that said, for him. You want me to tell you what a dirty joke I pulled on a fellow a while ago? Are they having a ball game tomorrow night on television? Does anybody play in the tune? Billy, do you know any team that's playing tomorrow night? Is there another team playing? 
Tigers. Well, I went up to Brother Collins a while ago when he shaking hand and I shook his hand and I said, man, I'm sorry to hear about the accident your quarterback had. <laughs> you talk about speechless. <laughs> I'll go out and there won't be one tire on my truck that have air in it. <laughs> Collins will cut all of them. I thought you needed something. Most of you are getting looking like they're bored. The great apostle Paul put it this way. All things were created by him and for him. And the first principle that I must settle in my mind. Now I can't settle it for Sean and I can't settle it for you. But the first principle I need to establish in my heart as a Christian, as a born again, blood bought child of God, as one that one day is going to spend eternity on streets of gold, living in the mansion created, built by the master carpenter Jesus himself and got my name on the mailbox and the name is spelt right. The first thing I must determine who owns it all in him. Who owns me? You say it's your family. Really, I thought they were inheritance of the Lord. You say, well, that's my wife. That's your problem. Let's go on. <laughs> but the first thing you and I, when we come to Christianity, we come to uh, loving the Lord, we come to obeying God, we come to uh, growing in the Lord, the first thing you and I have got to determine is who owns it all. And the second principle of stewardship is managing what is here and what we have for the one who really and truly owns it all to begin with. And we need to get out of our thinking, my junk, my kids, my car. If you'll turn them over to God, you can say, Lord, you need to take care of your kids. I mean, if you want to knock them in the head with a big knot off a knotty pine tree, they're yours. And I know some that probably could stand a trip to the pine thicket. Management. Genesis chapter 1, verse 28. Can I read it for you, please? And God bless man. And God blessed them, and God said to them, Be fruitful, multiply, and replenish the earth, and subdue it, and have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the fowl, over the air, and every living thing that moveth upon the earth. And God said, Behold, I have given you every herb bearing seed, which is upon the face of the earth, and every tree, and every beast, God created everything that you and I experience, enjoy, endure, and He created it and gave us the responsibility to manage it. Because it all belongs to Him. You say, no it don't. Watch it. He might take it back. You said, he can't take it from me. I know that. <laughs> You're so almighty and sovereign. And you know oh, so much and so full of wisdom and education. No, God could not take anything back from you. 
You might ought to look in the obituary section today. Travel the halls of the hospitals today. Go to the bankruptcy courts tomorrow and realize God owns it all. And we have been blessed to be able to manage it. He hath made us overseers of his whole house. He hath left everything in our hand. Now, some churches, this is a very strange and foreign subject. You say, how do you know that? Because folk have me and Dr. House raise money for them because the preacher usually are afraid to say anything about Because they don't want to make anybody uncomfortable. Have you ever been to the doctor? I'm going to start going to the vet. I got dog Barbie said, you ain't coming to me. You don't pay. Have you ever been to the doctor? And they begin to poke and prod and Say, does that hurt? And you've almost jumped out of your trousers because when he pushed, it did hurt. Now, if when he does that, it hurts, either one of two things just happened. He pushed too hard or there's something wrong. Are you feeling any discomfort? Am I pushing too hard on this money thing? And if it's hurting, we probably just found your problem. You probably don't need to go see the doctor. Is everybody here now? So at Joshua Baptist Church, we do not apologize for raising Christians. We do not apologize We're talking about spiritual management, physical management, financial management, emotional management, because it all falls in the realm of biblical stewardship. You understand that? And for me not to preach what I'm preaching today would be the grossest of sins in all the world because the Bible said, I am not shunned to proclaim the full counsel of God. How many folks go through their life confused and befuddled, thinking just because they come to church, they're pleasing God and they're walking around with God's money in their pocket? Well, thank you, Andrew. God bless your heart, wherever you are. I was wondering if you was awake or not. Can I please help you now? Let me explain to you just a little bit. Have you got your Bibles? And I'd kind of like to show you something that Luke speaks of in the book of Luke chapter 16. That's over in the New Testament. The book of Luke chapter number 16. 
and he speaks concerning the subject matter in which I'm speaking. Watch this. In Luke chapter 16 and verse 1. How many of you believe your Bible? No, I mean, how many of you really believe it? No, I, I mean, you just didn't bring it to church today. You really believe it. Good. In other words, if I can give you something out of the Bible, you want to get mad at somebody, you'll get mad at God and not at me. Watch this. Verse 1. Verse 1. And he said unto his disciples, There was a certain rich man which had a steward. See that? And he may, and, he, and the same was accused unto him that he had wasted his goods. Rich man had a steward who was in charge of his goods. And the rich man heard that the steward, the man who was to manage his goods, had wasted his goods. Verse number two. And he called him and said to him, How is it that I hear this of thee? Give an account of thy stewardship. Do what? Give account of thy stewardship. How are you managing that which I have entrusted you with? I have heard that you have been wasteful. I have heard that you have been neglectful. I've heard that possibly you have been very selfish with that which is mine. Wasteful. Please jot with me now, if you would, and jump down to verse number 10. The Bible says, He that is faithful in that which is least is faithful also in much. And he that is unjust in the least is unjust also in much. Least, much. Least, much. We must define what the writer is calling least. Least are the goods that has been entrusted to the steward. You have not been faithful with the least. You have not been faithful with the material. You have not been faithful with the tangible. And if you cannot be faithful with the tangible, if you cannot be faithful with the carnal, if you cannot be faithful with the least, I cannot trust you with much. Verse 11, if therefore you have not been faithful in the unrighteous mammon, if you have not been faithful with your money, if you have not been faithful with the tangible, if you have not been faithful with the material that I've entrusted you with, how in God's name, read the rest to the verse, who will commit to your trust true Riches. No servant can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold to the one, despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. Amen. 
Most folks, when I read this, look at me like I wrote it. And they get mad at me for reading it to you. But I, as your pastor, covet, if you please, to see God entrusting you with his true riches. Instead of worrying about how much I'm going to try to get out of you, why aren't you concerned about that one living next door that's on their way to hell? Or the family down the street that just lost a kid? Oh, I'd love to see God entrust our church with the true riches. Love, joy, peace, meekness, long-suffering, temperance. Wouldn't that be nice? Instead of worrying about that dollar you've squeezed so much, the buffalo's grunting. Joseph is a biblical, perfect example of stewardship. I thought it might be good to show you that. Verse 4 of Genesis 39, he made him overseer over his house. Now I'm going to help you this morning if you'll listen. Verse 4, all that he had, he put into his hand. Verse 6, and he left all that he had in Joseph's hand. The first thing I'd like to share with you about stewardship is a good steward is reliable. Did you hear me? Reliable. Verse number four, the Bible's very plain. In verse number four of chapter 39, the Bible says this. And Joseph found grace in the sight, and he served him, and he served him, he served him. Did you pick up on those two words? He served him. And because he served him, he made him overseer over his house, and all that he had, he put in his hand. A steward is reliable. Joseph was a goodly man. Could I ask you something? Can you be counted on? Joseph could be counted on. A good steward can be trusted. Verse 7 through 9. He can be trusted. Well, I wonder if they're running around on somebody or not. Good sturts don't run around. Came to pass after these things, his master's wife cast her eyes upon Joseph. She said, Lie with me. But he refused. 
A good steward can be trusted. Good steward, you ought not have to check his credit. Good steward ought to have good credit. Boy, that went over like a concrete cloud. Amen, Reverend. You say, well, if you don't charge anything, you ain't got any credit. Well, that's good too. But where would I be without any credit? Because I started out without anything. Credit speaks about integrity. Good credit says you did what you said you'd do. Good credit talks about character. Can you be depended upon? Can you be trusted? Years ago, I used to loan people money in the church. I don't anymore. I just give it to them. You say, why? Because when they don't pay me back, I don't get mad that way. You say, don't tell me you do that. I do that. I have done that. I no longer do that because I'm a good steward. God said they're not going to pay it back. Don't loan it to them. Can you be trusted? Joseph could be trusted. Joseph could be counted on. Verse 6, the Bible says, he knew ought what he had. He did not worry about it. He was not concerned about it. Potiphar said, a good steward by the name of Joseph can be trusted and can be counted on. He committed to his master. In verse number 9, how can I do this against my master? He was faithful. The Bible said it is required in a steward that a man be found faithful. He was dependable. Can you imagine what would happen if America's husbands and America's wives became biblical stewards like Joseph? Wow, what kind of church would we have? What kind of country would we have? What if our president could be trusted? You say, which one? Both of them. The only way you know a politician is lying is to watch them. Notice, if you would please, a good steward is always reliable. Joseph could be relied upon. Now, I've been at this church for 30 years. Now, I know February 1st, when we have our offering... I don't have to worry about some of you folk. Some of you folk. I wish I could say all of you folk. You say why? Because you're reliable. This church is where it is today because of you and your sacrifice and your stewardship. And your integrity and your character, realizing that God owns it all anyhow. And you reap what you sow, and you reap according to what you sow. And over these years, you've picked up on stewardship principles, and you are today where you are because you embrace biblical stewardship, and God has blessed you. Do you understand that? Do you understand that? And stewards, or reliable. I don't have to worry about it. 
in this description, I wonder, as I look at what I've said, a steward is to be trusted, can be counted on, is reliable, and so forth and so on. I wonder, is this a description of me, or do I need to take a look-see and change some priorities in my life? Notice I didn't say your life. Is this a description of me? Have I, after been been saved 50 years, am I still struggling with 10%? After I've been saved for 50 years? After I've witnessed and experienced the goodness of God in my life for 50 years? After I've raised six idiots, we call them kids, And none of them has tried to take my life yet. I'm going to forget all the goodness of God and not be able to trust Him. After preaching to 10 or 11 folks in my front yard on a Wednesday or Sunday night, I have no idea when it was. My wife, she lies a lot. And after my big vision that I had for the Joshua Baptist Church, a double-wide trailer behind the tracks where nobody could find us. And after I've seen what God has done in 30 years and the hundreds and hundreds of folks that have been saved, those that have been called out of our ministry, now missionaries been on the field for 40-some years that rode my buses to Sunday school. After 50 years of Blessings, I can't trust God with 10% of my pitiful little salary. I got to penny pinch and make sure to the right nth degree every penny is right. Dear God, do I need to check up on my stewardship, my management, my character, my trust, my faith after all these years? Could I ask you a question, please? Has God been good to you? Have you been near as good to God? What if God, just before he got on the cross, said, wait a minute, I got something at the job I got to do. I can't go to the cross right now. See, you're not only a stewardship of your money. You're a steward of your attitude, of your time, of your talent. we just managing all this. But a steward in the Bible is reliable. Could I help you now before you go, because you look like you're so hungry for the next point? A good steward is responsible. Well, Please don't get mad at me. Verse 6. A steward is responsible. The Bible said, and he left all that he had in Joseph's hand. He knew not all he had. Save the bread which he did eat. And Joseph was a goodly person. Well favored. Joseph was responsible. 
Joseph realized his accountability. You said you believed the Bible. Didn't you say that? Have you read Romans 14, 12 lately? So then, every man shall give an account to God for himself. That's pretty tough. But I believe that, don't you? I believe it. Joseph lived with an expectation that somebody was going to check the books. Hmm? Do you know, one of these days, God's going to check the books. And all of us are going to stand before God and give an account for our works. At the judgment seat of Christ, God's going to say, it's time to report. Maybe that's why Daniel Webster said, the greatest thought is my personal responsibility to God. My personal accountability to God. A steward is responsible. A steward is reliable. And I must close because I said I would. A steward is recognizable. Verse 3. Watch this. This is a very insignificant thing. I know that. And his master Saul. Potiphar saw something in Joseph that made him trust him with all that he had. He saw something. Can we move along a little farther? And when they threw Joseph in jail, the keeper of the jail saw something in Joseph and he made him steward over the whole prison. Isn't that amazing? And pa and Pharaoh in chapter 41 saw something in Joseph and he put him in charge of all Egypt. A steward is recognizable. Potiphar saw it. Prison keeper saw it. Pharaoh saw it. His brothers came to Egypt to get bread and corn, and they saw it. And his father Jacob came to Egypt, and he saw it. But most of all, God saw it. And I want you to know, good stewards are recognizable. You can recognize it on their face because there's a glee, there's a joy just knowing they're doing what God wants them to do. And all of God's people said, So stewardship is not about money. It's about managing everything that God has given you. 
Closing little story, I'm not too sure if it applies or not, but in the middle of an interview for acceptance to a very prestigious Ivy League college back east, the interviewer was interviewing this little sure-of-himself candidate And the interviewer looked at the candidate and said to him, Would you lie for a million dollars if you knew nobody would ever find out and nobody would be hurt? And the young man thought for a minute and said, Well, if nobody ever found it out, And nobody was hurt. Mm. Yeah, I guess I'd lie for a billion dollars. The interviewer looked at the young man and said, Would you lie for a dime? The young man said, No. No way. What kind of person do you think I am? And the interviewer said, that's already been determined. I'm just trying to find out what the price is. In our stewardship, is God trying to find out what price it is? And be faithful in my money. What about your time? I'll be faithful in my time. What about your talents? I'll be faithful. What about information? The Bible says that we're stewards of information. Oh, I, I, I wouldn't lie for a dime. 